Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. This morning I'm going to be talking about God's wisdom. This series that we've been uh, going through, Live It, is, is really to help us grow and challenge us to become more spiritually uh, mature in, in our walk with the Lord and to shed some of those things maybe that, have been, that we've been dragging around for a long time and really just to yield our hearts and lives to Him. That's God's purpose for all of us, and, and I, hope, um, I hope you're being challenged in this series to really look at your relationship and to look at your life and to look at the demonstration of, of how you're going out and living this thing out. I, I know that I am. And our core scripture for this series is James 1.22. But don't just listen to God's word, period. You must do what it says, period. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. And last week I taught from the first part of James chapter 3, and we looked at controlling our tongue. <laughs> Does anybody else have a challenge with that? <laughs> Husbands and wives, look at me. <laughs> uh, so I just want to touch on a couple of things again from last week. James 3, 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in, in any other way. And again, this Greek word for perfect is teleos, mature, demonstrating completeness of Christ, having Christ-like character. So one of the things that, that we really need to do is ask the Lord to help us to control our tongue. And uh, let's choose to speak life and blessings over one another as well. Speaking life and blessings over our marriage, over ourselves, over our family, over our job situation, over our neighborhood, over our community. Let's speak de uh, life and blessings, not death and curses. We should encourage one another in the Lord. Now, I, wanna, I want you to do something this morning. I want you to just take a couple, of minute, a couple of minutes and look to your left and right. Look at your neighbor, if you've got a neighbor sitting close by. And, and, and I want you to take just a few seconds and think about an encouraging word that you can give to them. Now, if they, if they have an ugly shirt on, don't say, oh, that's a beautiful shirt you have on. Okay, don't lie. I'm not asking you to lie, okay? But I want you to just take a couple, a few seconds here and think about something. Now, look at them again. And, and think of something that you could say to them that would encourage them and strengthen them. Okay, are you ready? You need some more time? <laughs> okay, say something to your neighbor that's encouraging and life-building and, and, and life-changing and loving. Go ahead, do that now. <clears throat> Now, neighbor, you reciprocate and tell your other neighbor, okay? Okay, very good. Good job. You, you know what I see from here? I see lots of smiles. I hear some laughter. How does that make you feel to give something encouraging, to say an encouraging word, and also to receive? What if we just do that all the time? You know, my grandmother used to say, if you can't say something nice about someone, don't say anything at all. 
But think about how that, that demonstration that we just saw, how does that make you feel? And we live in a world where we have the opportunity to share the hope and the love of Christ and speak life and blessings over people that need to know because so many people are, are living a life of death and, and destruction and, and, and we have the opportunity to bring an encouraging word to one another. So let's be more mindful of doing that, okay? All right, so now let's jump into the rest of chapter 3, God's wisdom. We'll be looking at Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and James 3, 13 through 18. And so what comes to your mind when you think about the word wisdom? Let's look at a couple of definitions here. Wisdom, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and the good judgment, and good judgment, the quality of being wise, the soundness of action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. And also one thing I, I thought about after I put together the service, uh, I thought, you know, we need to pray for certainly. But uh, we need to ask the Lord to give us good, solid judgment and wisdom and understanding. And I'll talk more about that here in a bit. But let's look at uh, words from Solomon in Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. So Solomon is saying, seek out, search out, desire, wisdom, understanding, and insight. So how many times throughout the week or throughout the day do you actually pray for wisdom? Pray for insight. Pray for greater understanding. We should be doing that. Um, Proverbs 2.4, search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. What, if we knew that there was buried treasure in our backyard, we would be searching for it. And so wisdom is something that we need to be actively pursuing from the Lord and saying, Lord, give me some wisdom. Because we all have challenges. And I know from a practical standpoint, when I worked in the lab, sometimes I would, I would be running a reaction and I would have a leak or something wouldn't be operating properly. And, I, and, and like uh, the, the reaction system had to be really tight. It could not leak at all. And sometimes I had a little bitty leak and I'd be going, Lord, I've looked for this. I've tightened the reactor head. I've checked all the fittings. There's something leaking here. And it, it's like sometimes the Holy Spirit would say, well, look over here. Look at this thermal well. Maybe it's leaking. Or something like that. And so we can ask for the Lord to guide us even in those kinds of things. When we, when we ask for wisdom or help, a lot of times we're thinking, you know, on the big picture, uh, these big things or these big problems. But the Holy Spirit can help us in those little things, those little details. Because those little details can have a big impact in our life as well. So we need to search for these things. We need to search for wisdom. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. Okay, well, what does fear of the Lord and, and wisdom have to do? This Hebrew word for fear in context means to have reverence for the Lord. And so what is the goal here? The goal is that we grow in our relationship with the Lord, that we're asking Him for wisdom. I had a conversation recently with a person, and they were telling me that 
that they were they had really been reminded of how gracious the Lord had been to them. That they, they had sometimes put themselves in situations that could, could be bad, but the Lord always protected them. And my comment was, there's a scripture that says, the goodness of the Lord, His mercy, uh, leads us to repentance. Sometimes we need a little reminder to say, Lord God, thank you for covering me. Thank you for protecting me. And I see the error of my ways. I see how maybe I have pushed the envelope and I repent. I come back to you and I say, Lord God, thank you for covering me. Thank you for watching over me. Thank you for protecting me. I remember our, our Pastor Don told us years ago, he said, get it right in the closet because you don't want it exposed. And so God is doing something in preparing us, and you know, we, we received this word prepare back in May. Prepare. Are we, are we seriously preparing our hearts, our minds? Are, are we pushing into Him and saying, you know, man, I've, I've been toying with this thing for a while. I need, to, I need to put that aside. I need to put that to rest. And so, Lord, bring health and healing and wholeness. Bring wisdom. Thank you for your, your mercy and your grace in my life. Thank you for protecting me. And Lord God, I repent of those things that maybe I didn't even think to repent of because of your grace and mercy to me. Imagine that you are single, or maybe think back when you were single and, and your desire is to meet a spouse. What does it require? Well, one of the things that it requires is for us to get to know them, right? We have to know if they're a viable candidate. <laughs> and so we should be looking for people that are saved, uh, you know, Christian, um, that have the same value system that we have and things like that. And so it's the same with the Lord. The Lord wants us to have this relationship with Him. And, uh, you know, as we get to know the Lord and we get to understand and, and uh, know His character better, it enhances our relationship with the Lord, just like it would with our relationships as we get to know one another and we spend time together in life groups on Sunday morning, on fifth Sundays, things like that. It enhances our relationship. And so that's what the Lord is looking for is this, this authentic, true, transparent relationship with Him as well as with one another, godly, healthy relationships with one another. Wisdom from God is better than a college education. Now, let me, let me clarify that. I'm not saying don't go to college, all right? I'm not saying don't get an education. I think you should. But God's wisdom is better than, than those things because you can, uh, let me say it this way, God's wisdom is better than worldly intelligence or intellect. Amen? All right, so Go to, go to college, go to school, get good grades, but seek the Lord and his wisdom as well. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. The ability to trust the Lord comes from having this relationship with him. Again, because as we trust him, as we walk with him through life, through challenges, we go through the ditch, we go through the valley and the, and the mountaintop, and we, we have all these experiences, it's important that we stay connected to him. I trust the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me because of the experiences that I've had through life over decades where the Lord has spoken to me 
beyond my logic or my reasoning or even my own desires. And he's guided me through pathways that I would not have chosen. But because I have this relationship with him and because I trust him and because I know the Lord is for me and not against me, I'm seeking his wisdom and the Holy Spirit is wise to lead us and guide us into all truth. So our trust, my trust in the Lord has grown because of the challenges and because of the times where I've walked through the valley and the Lord has said, okay, take this path up, back up to the mountain or stay down here for a little while. Now you're going this direction. So it's, it's about seeking him and receiving from him, hearing the small, still voice leading us and guiding us. So let's go, let's go to James uh, 3.13. And, and again, James is challenging the early Christians to demonstrate or prove they understand God's ways, his heart, his desires, his purpose, his plan, even his love for us. It's important that we understand that God really does love us. James 3.13 says, If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. So how can we possibly understand God's will and receive His wisdom? We just read in Proverbs that we can search for, actively search for wisdom, Desire it. Desire wisdom and understanding and insight from the Lord. Um, I, I want to uh, just kind of go a different direction for a minute here, but in, in uh, January, we plan to do another 21-day fast. That's one way that we can receive from the Lord is spending time with Him. And I know many of you, many of us have fasted. And if you haven't fasted, I, I strongly encourage it. So plan now, because in January, probably we're going to do a 21-day fast. Now, I know that most of you probably can't fast for 21 days, but most of you can fast something. You can fast a few days. You can fast, you know, how, we'll talk more about this later. But I want you to prepare yourself, and I want you to be asking the Lord, what do you want me to do during this fast in January? And Pastor Don was sharing with me, not in a braggadocious way, but just in an uh, honest way. He, he said that he's, he's fasting 20 weeks this year, not continuously, but he'll fast a week and then maybe take a few days off and fast. And knowing him, he probably is connecting several weeks together. But he's the only person that I know of that's fasted 40 days multiple times. Now, I'm not suggesting you do that unless the Lord tells you to do that. But my point is that we need to fast and pray. And so at the beginning of the year, I want you to be prepared. You can begin to prepare now. You can fast a half a day, a, a, you know, a week or a day or two, uh, every other week or something like that. Begin to prepare yourself and mentally as well as physically for a fast at the beginning of the year. And again, we'll talk more about that when we come to that, that juncture. But in Colossians, Paul is writing and encouraging the Christians there, and he's writing from prison, and he says, so we have not stopped praying for you when we first heard about you. Paul's in prison, and he's praying for the early believers. So we need to be praying for our family. 
We need to be praying for our Life Fellowship Church family. We need to be praying for our job situation. We need to be praying for the challenges. Pray for your boss. <laughs> you have a vested interest in that, okay? Uh, so we need to be in prayer, but we can also be seeking God about wisdom. When I talk about prayer, we're not just praying for our boss to be nice to us or that we get a promotion and a raise, but praying for wisdom in our job, praying for our boss to have wisdom. Have you ever worked for a knucklehead boss? And you're like, Lord, help him. <laughs> help her. They need some help. So we need to be prayerful. Let, let's look at what Paul is praying for. In Colossians 1.9 continues, We ask God to give you complete, not just partial, complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. believers. That's what we need to be praying for ourselves. That's what we need to be praying for one another. He's asking the Lord to give them complete knowledge of His will for their lives. How vital is it that we know what God's purpose and plan for our lives is? Now, we may not know 20 years out, but what is God telling us today? What are the giftings that He's placed within us? What are the passions that we have what is he calling us to do to step out and serve one another in ministry? So he's asking the Lord to give them not partial but complete knowledge of his will for their lives. That they would know what the Lord has called them to and his will for them. Additionally, he is asking the Lord to give them spiritual wisdom and understanding. The Holy Spirit can give us wisdom, insight, revelation, direction, caution. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit say, okay, don't go there. Don't pursue that job. Don't pursue that relationship. So the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. Have you ever read something in the Bible and you realize you have no understanding of what you've read? Or have you been reading something? Maybe, maybe you're reading the Bible before you go to sleep and you're just kind of reading words and next thing you know, you've read a page, but you're like, what did I read? I have no idea what I just read. Well, you can read it, but understanding it is different from reading. So many times, maybe we need to slow down a little bit when we're reading Scripture and just say, Lord, help me to understand this. Maybe before we even start reading, we say, Lord God, Give me understanding on what I'm about to read. Help me not just to be reading these words, but to be grasping and ingesting what it is you're trying to tell me and, and what this means for my life. Okay, yeah, I'm reading about David or Saul or I'm reading about these different situations in the Bible. And that's great, but how does this apply to me? Sometimes God is just wanting us to spend time with Him. That we, we get... We can get so caught up in our religious activities that, that we're, we're missing the boat when we're not just spending time with Him. And so maybe you have no idea how to resolve a situation in your life. Maybe it's a matter of perspective. I think everybody can see this water bottle. But my perspective is a little bit different 
I see some beautiful people in the background here. But can you tell that there's a label on the back? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. We'll see. I see a label. And uh, unless you saw it earlier, you could see from my vantage point, you would see that there's a red, a blue label with red stripes on it. And so many times we need God's perspective because we're looking at it like this and God is looking at it like this. God is looking from a 360 vantage point, a 360 degree vantage point where we may be fixated on one thing and missing the bigger picture. So the Holy Spirit can and will help us, wants to help us. And so many times we, when we're praying, let's pray for God's perspective too, not just ours. And say, Lord, what are you seeing in this situation? What are you seeing in my heart? What are you seeing in my life? How do you want to lead me and guide me? He can give us revelation on the Scripture. He can give us His perspective. And then show us how we can apply His perspective to our life and how to handle the situation. Ask the Lord, what's your heart? What's your desire? I've been in situations, work situations, where I'm like, God, I hate it here. I don't want to be here any longer. But I'm willing to yield to you and wait on you. And then there's been times when the Lord says, okay, time to go now. It's like, well, why now? I've gone through all this stuff. Why now? Now that things are easier. Well, maybe it's because I needed to go through those tough times because he was trying to extract something out of my life. And maybe I finally passed a test where he could move me on. So let's not be quick to run from trials and tribulations. This is probably not a real popular message right now. What you're hearing, you're like, la, 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 I don't want to hear this. But let's allow the Lord to work in our hearts and lives and prepare us. And more importantly, let's follow his plan and desire. How can I remain obedient and not compromise your word, your promises to me? Colossians 1.9 again. We ask, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. God's knowledge, his spiritual wisdom, his understanding produces re results in our lives. What are some of the results? Colossians 1.10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. That's one result. Do you want to honor him and please him? And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And we know what some of the fruit is, right? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So those are some of the fruit. So when we look at at the fruit of our life, what kind of fruit do we have? Oh, well, that patience fruit, that kind of dried up last week, you know. <laughs> I got a lot of love, but I don't have any joy. So there should be great fruitfulness that's coming from our lives. God's complete knowledge. You notice he didn't say partial. He said complete knowledge of his will. And spiritual wisdom with understanding helps us to live the abundant life that Jesus came to give. Honor and please the Lord and produce every kind of good fruit. That's his purpose and plan. And I was thinking about, uh, this morning I was thinking about good fruit. 
And I was thinking good fruit can be helping an old lady across the street. It can be picking up your neighbor's trash can so it didn't get run over. It can be being kind. But I think a greater good fruit is living this life that reflects Christ. I think a greater good fruit is that we're going to our neighbors and saying, I love you and God loves you. God has a purpose and plan for you. Sharing the gospel, the hope of Jesus Christ. What better good works are there than that? That we can invest and help people find this relationship that we talk about so often. That they would come into this place of yielding to the Lord. Come into this place of, of inviting Christ into their lives where God begins this transformation process in their lives. And, and that, that we can help them. That we can mentor them. That we can train and equip. And then see them release to go out and live this thing out. So as we honor and please the Lord, we produce every kind of good fruit. And we grow and learn and know the Lord better. Colossians 1.10 continues, All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. As we learn to know Him, we grow in this relationship deeper and deeper, having a more personal, intimate, authentic, real relationship with Him. The Lord desires, He wants, He hopes. I don't know if God hopes. God has an expectation, I believe, to pour out His wisdom into our lives. Let's look at James 1.5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So at the beginning of the series, we read this scripture. If you need wisdom, ask Him. And He will give it to you. <laughs> he will not rebuke you for asking. I mean, can it be any simpler than that? Can it be more inviting than that? It's like God is saying, ask me, please. I'm not going to rebuke you. Okay, you may think this is a stupid thing to ask for. God doesn't think it's stupid. He's saying, ask me for wisdom. Let's go back to chapter 3. If you are wise, 3.13, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. Living an honorable life, doing good works with humility are some of the results of God's wisdom. So are you humble? Are you a know-it-all? Because you know something, then you're going to be braggadocious. Well, maybe it's God's wisdom that allows you to know that. And before he gave you that wisdom and understanding, you didn't, you didn't get it either. <laughs> so can we be humble in leading and helping one another? James three fourteen. But if you are bitterly jealous and, and there is selfish ambition in your heart, do not cover up the truth with boasting and lying. In other words, if you're covering up the truth with boasting and lying, you may have a serious heart condition. It may be diagnosed as jealousy or selfishness. Boasting and lying may be rooted in pride. 
Oh, look what I did. Oh, that was me. I, I did that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was me. Or I don't need any help. I can do this on my own. That can be rooted in pride. Why do people lie? Well, if I tell them the truth, they're going to think less of me. I can expand the story a little so they'll think more of me. What is that? Is that pride? Yeah, I went fishing. I caught a fish, and uh, it was... Well, see that wall over there? It was... Why don't we do those things? Because of our insecurities, because of our pride, because of those kinds of things. And God is saying, just be real with me. Just be authentic. It's better to be real than to cover up your heart issues. You need help? All of us need help. Let's just go to the Lord and say, Lord God, I repent of my sins. I receive your wisdom and counsel and your forgiveness and guidance and leading. God desires a transparent, authentic, honest, real relationship with us. Let's just be real with Him. 1 John 4, 19-21 says, We love each other because He first loved us, or because He loved us first. Uh, I got into King James Version there for a moment. Sometimes I, I memorize Scripture in all these different translations, so sometimes I'll, I'll read them a little different because that's how I memorize it. We love each other because He loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is what? A liar. Do you know any Christians that say they hate another Christian? Now, I know Christians that I don't care for too much. But it's primarily because I see a lack of character. Or I see maybe deceptiveness or deceitfulness or things in their life that, that I don't care for. But I love them as a person. Even people that are doing evil things. You know, the Word says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. There are people that are operating by demonic spirits and things like that, but it's the spirit in them. Have you ever dealt with a, I don't know, if I haven't spent a lot of time teaching on a Jezebel spirit, spirit, but if you've dealt with someone with a Jezebel spirit, that's a spirit in them. So we are to be ruthless toward demonic spirits, but gracious to the people, to the person, okay? It's a spirit that's working through that person. So... I didn't mean to get off into all that, but uh, if, if someone says that they're a Christian, but they hate another Christian, there's something wrong with that picture. And so what are we, again, what are we speaking over one another? Are we speaking life and blessings or death and curses? And hopefully, maybe we or someone else can have a relationship with that person to help them see the error of their ways and say, you know, you say, like Mark Robertson told me that time, you say you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. Maybe God will give us the opportunity with grace and love, but true love, to say, hey, you know what? We have this relationship. You know I care about you, and so I'm telling you this out of love, but you need to stop doing that, or you need to start going to church or whatever. Come to life group, whatever those things look like. And here's a scripture that will help them. Um, 
If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. Bitterness turns to hatred. Hatred destroys lives. If you want to find these, you can go to the YouVersion Bible app, and all the slides and everything are there, so we've talked about that before. Go to the YouVersion app, click on Events, Life Fellowship shows up, click on there, and you'll have the scriptures and all the slides for at least a week. Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. So do you know people, or maybe in your own life, is there unforgiveness in your life? And I'm not saying that it's not justified because you've been wronged, Forgiveness doesn't, doesn't mean, oh, well, it's okay. No, it doesn't mean that at all. But what it means is that I choose to forgive them, and I'm giving this to God, and I'm saying, Lord, I, w- I want you to take this. I'm not going to take it back, and I'm going to choose to forgive them because, well, you've forgiven me of a lot of things. And there are other people in my life that have forgiven me because I haven't always been stellar in everything that I've done. So unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And I've seen this happen in people's lives where they are unforgiving. And then you see this this nastiness on them that is bitterness that then turns into hatred and destroys their lives, destroys their marriages, destroys their family, their children, their grandchildren. You know, it can, it can go from generation to generation. So let's just forgive one another. Let's love one another. I think there's a key to loving one another, though. I think we need help from the Lord. Lord, help me to love this cactus person. Lord, you've placed this cactus person in my life for a reason. Hmm, would you give me wisdom on how I can love them? Would you give me wisdom in how to somehow put on some safety gloves that I can pull back the skin of that cactus and see the heart of that person? Why are are they so unforgiving? brother or sister that person is a liar for if we don't love people we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see verse 21 and he has given us this command those who love God must also love their fellow believers it's part of this transformation that God does in our heart that he's continuing I'm going to put a plug in for life groups. Many of you are going to life groups. We'll be starting a new semester in January. And, and I want to encourage you to continue uh, being involved in life groups. If you're not in a life group now, I want to encourage you to, to join one. Because this is where we, it, well, let me say it this way. Life groups are designed to build our relationship with each other, but also to grow and strengthen our relationship with the Lord. Let's read on. James 3, 14. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, 
Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. Verse 15, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Demonic. Listen, I don't want anything demonic in my life. Those things need to go. But how often do we minimize the Word of God? How often have we maybe seen the Scripture and and just pass over some of it? Well, wait a minute. We need to stop and say, what are you saying here, God? Jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Am I jealous? Am I happy when my neighbor gets a new car? Am I happy when my Christian brother gets a new home or gets a job or a promotion? Or am I selfish? Is it all about me? What is my heart in this situation, God? How often do we justify sin or compromise things that God tells us to remove from our lives? Oops. How often do we justify sin or compromise things that God tells us to get out of our lives. He's not come to beat us up. He's come to bring us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him. He's come to fix our broken, messed up lives. He's come to remove the the broken glass that's cutting us inside. James 3.16, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Jealousy and selfish ambition create an environment of discord and evil. So jealousy and envy, those kinds of things we need to get out of our hearts. So how's your work environment? How's your uh, relationship with the people that you work with? What can you do to influence and build a more godly environment where you work? What can you do? Lord, help me. Give me wisdom in how I can bring your love into this work environment, into these people. (laughs) I remember... I've shared this story with some of you many times, but I remember going into the break room in a place I worked, and there were these two ladies that seemed to always be stirring stuff up, just gossiping and talking about other employees and, you know, always complaining. And, and I walked in, sat down, and ate, and they were having this conversation. One of them looked at me and said, well, you probably won't have anything but something positive to say about this. And I'm like, well, yeah, shoot me, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, okay, so you've got some issues here. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. I remember going into a team meeting one time, and I'm like, look, guys, why don't don't you quit fighting about all this stuff and do something about it? If there's something you can do, then do it. Let's let's try to fix the solution. Let's not sit around and, and complain about it. And so what can you do to build not only a positive environment, but a godly environment where you are? Maybe you can start a Bible study. Just You don't have to be a, a theologian. You can just sit down and say, hey, we're going to go through the book of, I'd like to go through the book of James during lunch. Would you like to join me? 
What can you do? There are things that you can do. One of the things that you can do is, that's really stealthy is you can just pray for people. Just pray. I remember seeing people walk by the, the lab down the, down the hallway, and I'd be like, get them, God. Go get them. <laughs> Pour out your love on them. Let them feel your presence right now as they're walking down the hallway. Lord, let them feel your love. So what about your home environment? What can you do to build a godly home environment? You live there. You have a vested interest in what's going on there. You can pray. You can ask for wisdom. What about your neighborhood? James is giving us a lot here to digest. James 3, 17. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. And this Greek word for pure is free from sin, innocent, not mixed with guilt or anything condemnable. You know, sometimes I think because we walk in guilt and shame, or the enemy wants to put this guilt and shame on us, we miss the purity of this relationship. Listen, it, when you make a mistake, when you mess up, say, Lord God, I repent. I'm sorry. I mess up. I receive your forgiveness, and I'm moving on now. And if I need to go apologize to someone, well, then I'll go do that. But I'm moving on. So we need to, to not be caught up in the guilt and shame that the enemy would try to put on us because Jesus paid it all on the cross. <laughs> so once sin entered into humanity, when Adam and Eve sinned by eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the purity was compromised and no longer exists in us. But Jesus came to set us free. He came to redeem us. He came to restore us back into this relationship. James 3.17, but the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. <laughs> I heard a hmm on that. Are we willing to yield to others? And I'm not talking about compromising, okay? You know that. Uh, wisdom produces fruit. Wisdom loves peace. Wisdom remains gentle. Wisdom is willing to remain, uh, uh, to yield to others and to remain connected to the Lord. Uh, James 3.17 continues, It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. James 3.18, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. i like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe God is speaking to you this morning, and he's, he's wanting you to come into a deeper, more intimate relationship with him, but you, you don't have one, or maybe you had one and you walked away. If that's you, slip up your hand. Anyone here this morning? There's no shame in that. Maybe you're watching online and you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's me. Well, just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And I receive your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness. 
And I'm thankful that your word says that my sins are as far as the east is from the west. When I receive the fullness of what Christ has done for me, the fullness that he paid the penalty, he paid the ransom for all my sins on the cross. And I receive his grace and mercy today. And Lord, I thank you for this new beginning. I thank you for this fresh start. And I thank you for what you're going to do in my life. That I'm not going to be looking in the past, but I'm going to be looking in the future, starting right now. This is a new day, a new beginning, and I receive you now in my life. And if you prayed that prayer, I want to pray one more prayer for you. Lord, I pray for those that prayed this prayer. I pray for all of us, actually, that, this, that our sensitivity to your Holy Spirit would increase. And that as they read your word, as they, we, spend time in prayer, that we have greater understanding of your purpose and plan and direction for us. That you will pour out your wisdom in great abundance, Lord. Your word says to come to you. Come boldly to your throne of grace. And one of the things that we can ask for is for wisdom. And so, Lord God, I pray for wisdom for all of us and everyone watching online. And that we will choose to yield to you and obey you. Because your Holy Spirit is speaking today. And your Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to force us to do things. You've given us the gift of free will and volition, Lord God, so we can choose. So help us to make the right decisions, Lord God. Continue to pour into our hearts and lives, leading us and guiding us in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Not just with words, not just from our heart, but with great expectation for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.